Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Gentlemen, I'm a man who can see without using his eyes. He was a small man, about 60, with a white moustache and a curious matting of black hair growing all over the outsides of his ears. You may bandage my head with 50 bandages in any way you wish, and I will still be able to read you a book. You seem perfectly serious. I felt my curiosity beginning to stir. Come in, please. How many fingers is Dr. Marshall holding up? Seven. Once more, I said. Nine. Once more, I said. Three. Once more, I said. Three again. Once more. No fingers. What's a trick? There's no trick. This is a genuine thing I've managed after years of training. What sort of training? Forgive me, sir, but that is a private matter. Here we go. It's How He Sees It, episode 198. This week we're covering the wonderful story of Henry Sugar by Wes Anderson. Uh, this is a, uh, a short film um, about a Ronald Dahl uh, story. And it, and um, it came out on Netflix today. Yeah. Which means, this is this, like, <laughs> yeah, this is like an instant review, uh, yeah. an instant uh, podcast. And and it's one of those that, you know, if you haven't seen it, you know, almost everyone has Netflix or has Netflix available. Yeah. Go watch it. It's a really quick watch and uh, and then listen. But uh, it yeah. is. Yeah. We're going to talk, if you, talk a lot if about it. Especially if you like Wes Anderson, because this is about Wes Anderson as it gets. It also he, he, complements his style very well, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's just the short story aspect of it, but it really it, it comes across as it's, like it's like fun. a like a pop up book, and uh, that yes. it fits in with his style. So. Yeah, that's funny. Um, one of the things we do here on How He Sees is we make a cocktail or a drink that we pair with this, and that's no different this week. And uh, we we got this, which made it a little more difficult because we were working on a time frame uh, <laughs> of a few hours essentially to come up with a uh, drink for this. Uh, I'm curious to see what you got there, Steve. True, true, and it's funny. I was I was listening to a little bit of the audio book today on YouTube. You can find it. I was kind of kicking myself that that I didn't uh, I didn't listen to it or read it beforehand because because here I was waiting for it to drop on Netflix. You know, You're right? Yeah, at midnight, <laughs> at midnight of of early this morning, and well, I didn't I didn't watch it at midnight. I didn't watch it until. Um, early, early afternoon today, but, uh, but I could have gotten a head start on the drink. But anyway, I, I was drawn towards, um, well, the subject matter is very much about self-enlightenment and, uh, he uses a candle at one point and describes it really eloquently. He says, um, uh, each night now I light a candle and, and I begin by staring at the flame, a candle flame, you know, has three separate parts, the yellow at the top, the mauve lower down and the black right inside. And I don't know, that kind of drew me towards this story, which is, you know, he broke down the three different layers of a candle. The story is told in layers where it's a story within a story within a story. I got I got caught up in that. So I found a, <laughs> uh, I found a cocktail called the Enlightened Martini and I tweaked it a little bit um, and I I made it into a candle, basically. Um, so. I um, I added a I added some egg white in order to give it kind of a creamy top like a candle is, and then I perched a perched a candle in there and lit it. So it actually comes looks like looks a little bit like a candle, um, but this is 
two ounces of gin. I use an old Tom gin. This, this is like a martini, which typically is very dry, but I kind of wanted something a little sweeter considering it's called uh, Henry Sugar. You know, so, uh, so I use yeah. an old, old Tom gin and I use an elderflower liqueur, which about an ounce and a half of that, a uh, half ounce of lime juice, and then again, the egg white. Shake it up and throw it on a martini glass and I called it the Enlightened Henry. And it's very nice. delicious, very delicious. Cool. That sounds really good. Yeah, I, uh, man, um, I, I watched this about 10 o'clock. I took a break at work and watched it on my iPad, which I'm glad I brought my iPad. Uh, this would have been harder to watch on my phone or, or my watch. Uh, would have been a very uh, impressive watch if I got all that in. But uh, I needed to watch this today before I got home. And, and uh, uh, as I was watching this, you know, um, one of the main stars, you know, is uh, Buttermilk Tudor Snoot. Uh, you know, he, he, he plays uh, Henry Sugar. And so uh, I wanted to come up with something that was, you know, very similar, you know, or, or just made me think of that. And so um, I remembered I had a butterscotch-infused vodka that I had made a while ago. <laughs> I took the little butterscotch discs, and I, I had made that. And uh, so I wanted to uh, use that. So I stepped, kept thinking of things, what I could do with this, what could I do with this? Um, and then I started thinking, uh, you know, uh, cream soda uh, sounds pretty good. And one of the things they had in this was a whiskey and soda. And I was like, oh, how can I, how can I do a whiskey and soda right. but, use yeah. my, but use my butterscotch in this too? So I used a Crown Royal uh, vanilla. I did one ounce Crown Royal vanilla. And then I did a two ounce of this butterscotch-infused uh, vodka. And then I topped it with a, uh, a cream soda, like a four ounce, five ounce of cream soda. In a, in a tall Collins glass of rice, and uh, I, I thought maybe I might have to put a little uh, simple syrup in there if it wasn't wasn't sweet enough, but it came out really really good. It's it's kind of like a, a a cream soda with just a little bit of a kick. It's not very it's not very overpowering. It it just really blends right in with that cream soda, um, and so I was like I'm like that's that's my drink, and so I called this one the the butterscotch bubble sniff. That's funny. I saw the name you sent that earlier, and I looked at it. And I went, "That's right." Didn't Roald Dahl or didn't you know Ray Fiennes is playing Roald Dahl in this? Didn't he grab a little butterscotch candy and pop it in his mouth? Maybe that's the name of the candy. From I, I was trying to I was trying to decipher where that name came from. I didn't. I didn't it didn't actually. That was the hardest Cumberbatch uh, little <laughs> mashup. That was the hardest part was coming up with the name because I, I, I got the butterscotch right off the bat, but what am I going to do for that <laughs> second half? And I wanted to use bubble, and I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I've got this I got this little app on my phone. It's not even an app. It's just a website <laughs> that has a uh, – it's a Benedict Cumberbatch name generator. And so I was flipping through a bunch of those, and, and it came up with something sniff. And I'm like, that's it. It's going to be bubble sniff. <laughs> and so uh, I really like that one. And, and there, there are some really, really funny ones uh, like uh, Butterfree Cuttlefish, you know, and just, it's just, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And, and every time I think of him, that's one of the things I think of is just the, the name generator and what you can do with it with him. And so uh, he does a really, really good job in this movie, though. I have to give him uh, uh, props on it. It, I don't know if it just fits him. Something about the way, <laughs> I almost I almost checked my speed uh, settings when I was watching this because the rate that they talk. Oh, it's dense. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is nonstop, no breaks, kind of almost at a fast pace. And it's just go, 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 go. It's, it's almost like 
it's almost like someone reading you a, an audio book where they, they don't want to have any pauses. They want to just bust this information into you. And, and I was in, you know, I was like, Oh my God, but he does such a great, actually they all do, but really keeping it understandable, you know, it, it demands like, your attention visually. It's very distracting. And I mean that in kind of a positive way and that you're drawn towards a lot of things, but distracting also in the sense that, yeah, they talk so fast that if you're not, if your brain isn't on, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I agree. I agree. Um, I had the fortune of, of, I was working from home today, so I watched it on my lunch break because I can fit okay. a 39-minute movie into a... Uh, right, right. It, or is it 41 minutes? 37. Okay. I thought it was 37. Into uh, into my lunch break. So I actually popped it on my 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 television, my, you know, my, oh, there you my go. big screen and shut the blinds and the dogs curled up with me and I... And I, um, you know, tossed my phone in, in the uh, in the other room so I didn't get any work texts <laughs> or, or emails and and, uh, didn't get and, was, and was able to really pay attention. I think I had to pause it once when the dogs barked at something because I still have Damn them dogs. I still have a puppy in the house that is easily distracted and <laughs> feeds off of every every little thing that Ivan does. So anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, one of the things I noticed about this story, and this is what came to my mind when I was watching it, is this is like, um, you know, in, in in the last movie we watched, um, the uh, what was it, Mr. It and was, Mrs. Smith? Uh, or are you talking about Asteroid City? No, no, the last the Asteroid City, where it it was a play being done as a film. Oh, right. This also yeah. has a very play, like on stage type feel to it because all the all the stuff they do with the background and everything, it's very stage-like. Absolutely. That whole beginning in Asteroid City when it has Brian Cranston doing the little yeah. narration on stage, it's like it's like our, our town type setup. Yeah. Um, it's It feels like that. This, I think, goes one step further. This goes one hundred steps further because well, it yeah. does it the whole way through and it doesn't stop. And everything they do is done more like a stage play than, than anything else, even to the point where they – they show people that would normally be off screen, you know, doing some oddity things. You yeah. Know. I mean, there's that time when when he gets he doesn't get the mustache, get the mustache. Yeah. And they have to kind of go off screen. And then and then uh, one of the characters comes in. He's like, you know, where's the mustache or something like yeah, that? And yeah. they come back in. It's it's so effective, those moments, because they don't play into the. They don't play at all into the story. They're into the presentation no. and how the how this tale is told. And those are precious moments for this. Wonderful. Well, moments. and that's and that's what I mean. It's thirty seven tight minutes. Yeah. There is no no look at your phone. There's no uh, miss something. You you're you're lost because. Well, and what an interesting you know the very first shot is, uh, it shows a window with a curtain on it, and you hear uh, Ray Fiennes who plays the author, which. Is listed as Roald Dahl, yeah, um, and I think I think he actually has. He I looked a little bit up about the the short story, and they do refer to the author at the end of the short story, but not at the beginning. So it is kind of it does play a part into the story, but you know he's kind of mumbling, he's kind of talking about yeah. his whole prep work. I love his delivery, but it doesn't hasn't cut to him yet. Instead, it's on this window, and you see an arm come in and open the curtain a little bit. And then it yeah. immediately cuts to a wide shot and the windows open. And I think that's the only time you get the sense of 
possibly a woman in the, in the whole thing. The whole thing's cast, I think it's a completely male cast. Even some of the extras are, are male, but you see this arm and it has the sense that it's either his wife or his housekeeper or something. And, but I, I liked that it had nothing to do with the story. It was just kind of this, this little setup and such an odd way of introducing it. I watched it a second time and I was, I was, I, I don't know what to make of it. I just, I just like, those, <laughs> I like those little touches that, that give it something more beyond this tight storytelling. It is tight storytelling, but, but the, the charm goes further than that. Well, it's got the color palette that you expect yeah. in a Wes Anderson. Sure. Right. So yeah, so it was it very reminiscent of, of, um, Asteroid City. Yeah. Yeah, and um, well, in in all of them that I've ever seen, it he's got that that very distinct type of color palette. Um, and then not only that, but then they they start moving things around on the stage, like you would see in a play if they left the lights on all the time, or or they're they're moving stuff as the play is moving on, and and it like even as is like walls are folding and dropping, and the door open, you know, it's just like it was. That's really where it felt of, like a like a pop up book to me. Um, yeah, very much can, that. I, yeah. I didn't think about that pop-up book. I, I was I got that play mindset in my head, and I was like, "Oh, this is playing." And the way they talked, it kind of was like a a stage presentation where they're talking to a crowd. You know, they're they're it's almost um, they're breaking that fourth wall a lot of times too, where they're saying stuff and looking right at the camera, especially when we get into uh, when the doctors. Yeah, uh, Dev Patel, up. when he's when he, yeah. he he keeps saying like. So he talks to to Ben Kingsley's character that's come in, yeah. and then he like turns to the camera and he says, "You know, I said, you know, or you know, yeah. he, he delivers well, yeah, kind of he, the thing between the, the dialogue, the the words between the quotes, you know, or after the quotes." Yeah. Well, he even said that when the other doctor, he goes, "The other, uh, you know, such and such doctor said this," and then the the, the guy says it, and then he goes, "And I said, blah blah." <laughs> it was just like you're like, okay, it's. I mean, it's it plays out very very strange that way, but it's. I mean, it's interesting too. Um, it it. You know, we we start the play essentially with um, uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes does his kind of bit, uh, and then it becomes the the Ben Kingsley and, and Dave Patel show for a little bit, where uh, Ben Kingsley plays um, it's like Imdad Khan, and uh, he's the guy that supposedly is uh, uh, the man who can see without eyes, right? Uh, without it using his eyes, and they go through how the whole story of how you know where that came from and what that was and it was very interesting you know it's like mm -hmm. it could have been something really weird and and dumb but the way they they presented it and the way it's written it's like oh oh okay you know it's kind of fun you know learning how this guy goes through this process first he shows how he does it you know they they do this process where they cover his eyes and you know he glues his eyes eyelids shut and then in those crazy masks that they put on top of oh yeah they put i love you know he's like okay come, put this in he goes well leave my nose uncovered so i can breathe and um you know i, I know we've talked on this podcast before about my claustrophobia <laughs> when they put that thing on his head, I actually felt a little claustrophobic. I was like, oh, no, this is weird. Um, so I, I give, uh, uh, you know, um, Ben Kingsley some props for, for being able to wear that without freaking out because I would not been able to. There's a there's a, a, a video on YouTube that just dropped today, and it's called The Real Dodd Khan. And it's an old black, it's old black and white footage. It looks like it's from mm. the from the you know 30s 40s maybe but it it shows um it shows a man not ben kingsley it's someone else and sitting down with some other people and they're and they wrap his face up they actually wrap it up 
um, with the gauze, and then it, and it becomes a mask like that. And they go through some yeah, yeah. kind of old, you know, some other, you know, that he writes a sentence on the on the chalkboard, and and he's able to light someone's cigarette. And, <laughs> uh, but but what's interesting is that it really looks like it's old footage and it's and it's real. But suspicious, you know, there's. There's suspicion that this was put out maybe by Wes Anderson as kind of a way to kind of promote this. But anyway, <laughs> check it out. It's it's called uh, the Real M Dodd Con, and and it's it's on YouTube. And it didn't. It only had about 300 views when I watched it just a little while ago. But I think it's something that just dropped and might be just a little Easter egg that might have been that is put out by the uh, by the studio or by Wes Anderson. But it comes across as. Funny. I mean, I watched it and it, and I thought it was real. It wasn't until I looked at the comments that someone suggested, I think this is Wes Anderson pulling a fast one on us. And I think, I think he's right. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would actually be really cool if that was the case. Um, you know, just because it, it is an event, you know, and towards the end of the story, they actually talk about, you know, this would be interesting if it was fictional, but it's not, you know, and it's, and, and it was, we changed the names to protect the innocent kind of thing. And you're like, right. Wait, what, what? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it, it's got a great ending with that too. Um, but the, you know, the, the journey that they take, you know, um, uh, Ben Kingsley character through, uh, uh, con where he's talking about how he learned to do this. And I believe he's talking to, uh, Dave, uh, Patel's, uh, character, Dr. Uh, Chatterjee. Z Z Chatterjee. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's and, Z Z, but but I, he pronounces it Z Z, which I think is the pronunciate the the Z pronunciation in 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 the UK. Is that right? Z Z. Maybe I, th I, I don't think, know. I think when they pronounce the alphabet, maybe. I have enough trouble with English. Okay, you know, the American <laughs> English. So yeah, Calcutta. But, uh, you know, Calcutta, nineteen thirty-five. So yeah, that's that's okay. uh, that must have been when the video was trying to the the one I saw on <laughs> YouTube was trying to uh, reproduce like a nineteen thirties style. Yeah. Well, he talks, and, and it's him kind of narrating, uh, Dave Patel narrating the, the story of how, of what uh, Khan had told him how he got his powers, and, and it's, it, but it's Khan going through the motions, but Patel telling the story in a way, but then it also switches back to uh, Kingsley's character also walking through how he, how he learned it from a, a what did he call the guy, uh, a gypsy he or was, something, or he was, he was no, in the hut. Yeah, but what he had a name, like a, um, it's one of those names of like a... The uh, Great Yogi. The Great yeah, Yogi. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, he also played Dark Dr. Marshall. Okay. They all, I was, okay, now that was another thing I was wondering. Was, I was like, now, um, there was a couple times where people, they seemed to be different um characters yeah. also yeah Benedict which also was henry sugar and max engelman ray fines was ron Roald Dahl, and the policeman that comes over and you know yeah choose him out for dropping the money off the balcony dev patel yep. was dr chatterjee and john winston uh and i think ben, that was ben the Kingsley guy was also the card dealer too yeah <laughs> well and i and i caught that's where it made me think i was like wait a minute which gave me that play feeling again where you only have so many people so they have right. to play multiple characters. Well, and when they're doing the wig uh, on Doc, on Ben Kingsley and they're changing the wig out and giving him a different yeah. mustache and putting the, the eyebrows on him, it's the other cast that, that are doing that, but yeah. they're all dressed up differently, you know, so. <laughs> uh, the funniest thing about that, it has nothing to do with the whole movie, but they bring it up and they do a close-up 
when Kingsley's character, uh, um, the uh, Ahmad, and they t- yeah, they they show this this enormous amount of ear hair, and he he highlights it, and then they sh- you know it doesn't come back to it except for when he's changing out of that costume. He that's the first thing he pulls off is the little like ear hair plug, and I was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> like, what has that got to do with anything? I was like, oh my god, that's so I, I thought. You know the the uh, great yogi when he's meditating and he's levitating, I I was actually a little bit, I thought oh that's kind of a cool little trick they must have it but then it wasn't until he got up and they basically turned the thing he was oh, sitting you- on sideways and I I was like I didn't realize it was painted um, I did later when they did it in a different place but but that time I thought wow that was really effective and I thought that was clever that they used that because. You know, Ben Kingsley's character, um, Imdad Khan, one of the reasons he was so frustrated was that everyone, nobody believed him. They all thought, I mean, they thought it was a great act, but he had a hard time convincing people that this was something real. And and that was a a big struggle of his was, you know, he just wanted, he didn't, he wasn't out to try to fool people, although he had a circus background, so. But did you... You, so you missed when he first stood up and turned it? You only saw when he turned it back? When, I turned, when he turned it back, yeah, I missed that. Okay, because I saw when he first turned <laughs> it, and that, I was like... Oh, yeah, that's great. I was, yeah, I missed that little detail. I was probably... Well, what I was I loved, though, is I was like, oh, he gets up and he turns it, and I was like, oh, my God, it's painted so it fits in with the background perfectly. I was like, that's so cool. And then I loved when they came back to it uh, at the end of the movie, and they show, like, six or seven different yeah. uh, scenes of people, and every one of them... Is the same thing. You can tell it's the box. That I could tell. Yeah, that was a little closer because it's 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 there. Yes, but it's it's done well enough that you're like, if you didn't really know and you just glanced, you might not catch it. But what you know, you can see it, and it's kind of like, oh my god, that's so clever. And uh, but the first one was done really well because it had all the kind of different flowers in the background, it has like three different levels of color change and all this. But it fit in so perfectly. I was like, damn, that was that was smooth. Um, and that's where I. It also gave me that play feeling that, you know, they would do something on a stage like that to kind of to portray these kind of things. Where in a, in a, if this was a straight movie, they would have some kind of special effects glass you can see through or a green yeah. screen. But, and but I was the like, charm is... of this had so much to do with its practical effects and, and how yeah. you could see the, the seams. You could see as they pan behind the backstage or as the, the transitions. Yeah. That was Well, that I was... guarantee this has no CGI. I, yeah, that, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the first film in a long time that's had no CGI. Well, maybe maybe as part of its saturation, the way they saturated some of the colors and stuff like that. They oh, they you mean like run it through computer-generated, you know, to, to saturate the, the color scheme. I'm sure you can do some that balancing may, on that. That might, yeah, maybe. That's interesting. I don't, I, I hmm. I wonder if he does that or if, if, if he really just, he, he really gets his set, designers and and the people that are setting up to really paint that vivid and the way he shoots it with whatever lighting he uses really makes it pop that way be interesting to find out i'm sure there's probably some some other podcasts out there or some youtube video or some interview with wes anderson where he explains it uh, at some point i remember seeing some behind the scenes of uh asteroid city and it was fascinating look at some of the set pieces that were designed how they where they did it and how you know they actually built a lot of these things in um you know in in really large size or half size or things like that just to kind of give it give it that that cartoon quality and but 
And that's what it reminded me so much of was 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 the old Roadrunner cartoons. Yeah, I mean, he did such. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did such a great job with that. That it, I mean, it, and that and this has you know, he has a certain feel. You know, we talk about some other like Raimi. You know, the Raiminess of a film. You know, there's there's a Wes Andersonness of a film. Yeah, that is like you see it like if someone if someone showed this to you, and didn't tell you who wrote it. Or who did it and everything, but within minutes you'd be like, "Is this Wes Anderson?" Oh yeah, it is. It is within seconds. I mean, it, it's definitely his style. But it and and I think I was I was criticizing it a little bit last podcast just because you know he does. I mean, he doesn't really go go much. For, I mean, he he keeps trying to hone in on that style deeper and deeper and deeper, but. Fortunately, I think for this short story, it just really worked. Oh, know? it kicks for the, um, this. is exactly what it's for. And I think like, this is. And I and I think this he's done. You know, this is based off a collection of short stories. Um, and I think he's done a couple more that they're going to release on Netflix. Um, so uh, so we well, may this is, make it to see a couple more. This is the first time he uh, who who's uh, he was he was under a different banner before with with his other movies. Was it? Warner Brothers or someone like that. That's possible. I think he originally, you know, he did, he did Fat, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which mm-hmm. is also Roald Dahl. Um, but and he he's been wanting to do this one, but I think at the time when he was originally thinking about doing it, they had just uh, the Roald Dahl estate or something had just sold off the rights to Netflix, and so I think he he backed oh, off. But 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 okay. after you know after the pandemic, it seems like it's a nice. It's a nice place to to do a short story. It's a good it's a good good venue. He's not so theatrically <laughs> obsessed like uh, right like, like some directors that uh, you know will will drop out of out of certain production companies if uh, if they don't put their movies on the big screen. Um. <laughs> well, I almost yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know if this would have worked in a big theater release. Like, uh, no, well, know. yeah, I think this is ideal and hopefully, hopefully it's successful, um, because I, I'd like to see some more and, and, and it doesn't seem like it's very expensive. It seems like it's, I was just going to wondering like how much, what the, the budget was. I mean, they it. probably, I mean, they had three big names and some, some smaller names, but, uh, so they got to pay their their salaries, but they uh, have some serious serious no names. Hu- in this. Like, yeah, I'm looking huge, up. Okay, yeah, but huge uh, huge set design, but set design yeah. is is not it's not like CG or big uh, uh, you know um, location um, shoots. You know this is this is something that probably can can be pretty cheap to produce. I I didn't actually. I, I guess I could look it up. Maybe it's in. Maybe they have well, I was trying to. IMD apparently now has a new premium feature that you have to pay to see some of this other stuff, like production box office and stuff like well, they that. They put that. They usually put that up on Wikipedia too once once it's available. But they don't always make it available right away. But right. That's, but that's good. I mean, but the, but it definitely has some. There's some artistic quality to this that you're not going to get if people are just, you know pushing out content over and over. I, I mean, he's, he's got to take his time. So I'm, I'm glad that, <laughs> that he's doing a few and not, they're not releasing them all at once. Well, and, and like I said, I, I believe he was under a different, he was under a contract for, for, um, I don't know exactly who I'm going to, I'm trying to find that right now, um, where he had to do it. Um, and that's asteroid city was the last of them. Okay. And I 
Um, so I was trying to see if I can find that information. But the, I remember hearing people talk about, you know, he was saying that now that he's he's out from under that contract, he's now going to be able to do these these shorter things that like he wanted to and, and some of the stuff that. So, um, yeah, I don't know exactly. But Let- – I remember yeah. hearing I remember hearing someone talk about that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's kind of cool." Yeah, three more. So, so he's got three more: the Swan, the Rat Catcher, and Poison are all coming out on Netflix. Okay. They're all tied. I believe they're all tied to the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and six more. There's the Swan. There's, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't see the other names though. So Poison. Now, now you said you you listened to the audio book a little bit. Do you do you think it's better to go into these without any information from before or do I don't know that's why I was kind of kicking worked? myself that I didn't listen to the audiobook ahead of time I think I'd probably do it for for the next one just so you know I have it in my mind and and then it's a different experience but gotcha. but I think he brought I mean I I don't believe these were picture books it's not like you know he the, he, you know, he wrote Willy Wonka. A lot of the a lot of the things that he wrote were uh, children's books, and there were you know yes. there were pictures, so it gave you something to help imagine. This was more considered an adult short story. This was not a kid short story, uh, at least according to to one thing I read. So um, so you don't have you know whatever you picture is going to be in your head, but it's hard to picture. And then you see the trailer. It's hard to picture a movie with once you've seen a Wes Anderson trailer. You know, it's hard. You know, you just got to have that stuff right, right. that permeates um, that you can't escape from. It's a little bit more comprehensive the story. But I do want to talk a little bit about the story because I yes. think I think it's um, I think I you know I called my cocktail the Enlightened Henry and I I kept seeing little signs of this. But one of the things that I was so taken by was the fact that. Well, it's it's that detail about um, Ben Kingsley's character when he's concentrating on the candlelight and he's picturing in his one thing in his mind as he's going through his study, he's imagining his younger brother that died when he was right, when he was, right, yeah, yeah, when he was ten years old, you know, and but he has a picture of his brother that he looks at, and that's and that's what he pictures in his mind, whereas, you know. Um, Henry Sugar basically says, well, I didn't have a brother. So, and, he, yeah. and he, he's a little bit egotistical. So, you know, all about his oh money. My God, yeah. He doesn't, he isn't married because he doesn't want to share with anyone or, you know, and, and so, but, but he says, you know, I don't have a brother. So I'm just going to imagine a picture of myself. So, right, right. which I thought was, was funny and egotistical and hilarious. But at the same time, I think this is very much kind of this metaphor for, for self self-reflection you know this they're using this is all about meditation looking and they use the candle they talk about those different layers of the candle you're looking within yourself meditating coming coming to peace and then in the end you know he does he does choose to you know he, he isn't interested in wealth anymore he isn't interested in his he even isn't interested in his death you know even though they kind of go through that little side thing about him looking at the clot but it's, oh yeah it's very much this this story of how he becomes enlightened uh, through through meditation, which which I just think is interesting. Um, not only that, uh, I read that Roald Dahl, that that hut. I guess I guess when he was writing, he I wrote this down. Um, he 
he was finding too many distractions in his house and he remembered the poet Dylan Thomas had found a peaceful shed to write in close to close to home. So he traveled to visit that hut in Carma, Carmarthenshire, Wales in the 50s and decided to replicate it so, and built had his own built. And that was the hut that he was he was in at the beginning of the of the little short movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that was cool. I um, I just, you know, you talk about his enlightenment. I, I thought. You know, when we get to the towards the end, when he he kind of has his. I, I don't know if it's a come to Jesus moment, but it's kind of like a, he realizes that he's no longer. Um, after the money for the money's sake, you know, he, he lost yeah. his will to win, essentially, and, yeah. and became this. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, it's like. When things are too easy, you the, you know the hunt isn't there. Right. The, well, the that's that's what he said. There. It was yeah. It was no longer. He didn't have to work for the money. He didn't. He just kind of. It just it no longer gave him the satisfaction of earning it. Yeah, and I thought that was a really cool because you can you and can earn you is can, the wrong word because he would manipulate to get the money. He was, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he rolled that into so much. You could roll that into so many other things, and I thought that was really cool. And and I wasn't expecting something like that out of this movie, essentially, uh, especially as it goes along. You know, you're like, what, 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 you know, it's, it's a fun watch for sure. And it's very interesting watching the background and the, and the way they tell the story, but I wasn't expecting, uh, almost a lesson, you know what I mean? Right. Which I thought was really interesting. And I thought that, I thought they played that really well. And I like, I like what it was too. You know, he's throwing the money out. I love, I love the ramifications of it too. You know, you know, no, no good, uh, deed gets on, you know, goes unpunished. And you know, the cop comes up there and it's like, what the hell do you think you're doing? No, throwing <laughs> money out. Yeah. You're causing a riot and da, 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 da. yeah. But, uh, but it makes sense. You yeah, know, it, it really sure does. does. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it'd be really, really interesting to see what happens with the rest of these. Um, I'm really kind of excited to, to see some more of them just because of how this one went. You know, it seems, it seems like he found something that he's really passionate about and he should be able to, to really, you know, you're talking about it, Wes make, Anderson. Wes Anderson. Sure, sure. Well, no, I mean, no. I've seen a lot of passion in his work for for a while now. So, um, oh no, but I mean, he yeah, he always comes with passion. But I think these are kind of some of those pet projects that he's wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, this is and, something and, he's really wanted to tackle. And it's nice that you know he didn't he didn't have to turn this into a, a feature length. You know, he was able to tell the story, and it was as long as it had to be. Um, there's something kind of refreshing. Perfectly said. <laughs> um, yeah, that, yeah, it didn't have to get overstuffed. It was just, and it dropped and we got to all watch it for free. <laughs> well, I mean, not for free, right. but, but I mean, it's, it's essentially, it's, a, it's available to anyone who has a friend who has Netflix. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So this, I mean, this got me on a little, uh, going down the rabbit hole. I was looking at, you know, just, I, I don't even, I'm not sure. If, I think rabbit I was, hole. he was a at, fan of Lewis Carroll too. I think he actually, uh, some oh. of his writings were inspired by uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think what it was is I, I was uh, uh, I was looking at. Uh, let me get a good one here. Um, <laughs> Butterfree cuddle cuddler milk. Cuddle oh, you're milk. back on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was looking at some of the stuff he's been in, and I found this one, and it's it's James and the Giant's Peach, um, uh, with Taika Waititi and friends. And it looks like they do kind of the same thing where they tell the stories, but it's it's like in a, a Zoom meeting thing. 
It looks like it might be on YouTube, but I was like, oh my God, that looks like I was going to say, because I know there was an old animated one back in the 80s of James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, no, this looks like it's 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 narrated by Taika, and he has a bunch of friends come on and read different parts. <laughs> um, it's like a 10-episode thing. I was trying You're to One find of those things they did during the pandemic to try to entertain people. I, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I mean... Down. The it's the uh, the Anderson uh, rabbit hole that I go down and find my way other ways. Uh, the reason I was I was going to back to that too is is you know we talked about he, he, it's a s- small cast essentially you know Ray Fiennes. Um, oh, I loved Ray Fiennes in this. I absolutely adored him. I, he was my favorite. But Bing Kingsley was great too, and Benedict Cumberbatch. I I think he was my my not a, kind of my third out of the three. And, I think they but, all uh, did really good. I don't but, I don't. I don't know if anybody stood out more to me or not. I think they all really hit their marks. I, I, 100%. I think with Benedict Cumberbatch is he didn't have as much flexibility to, to he, he was a little bit more stiff, but that was part of the character. Whereas the other two were, you know, they, they had a little bit more nuance that they could play with and, and stumble around with that. I, that I really enjoyed, but. Uh, okay. I, I thought they were all pretty stiff essentially, but that was part of the character. Well, like take Ray Fiennes at the beginning when he's kind of mumbling and then he then he breaks into the dialogue like direct you know so there's a yeah. transition and and that transition was kind of shocking startling but effective in that you saw both sides I love the intro when you just hear I mean if you're watching this for the first time make sure the volume is up a little bit yes. when you're seeing the, <laughs> yes. when you're seeing the first credit because you can hear him kind of mumbling and talking about how he sets sets the stage for writing a story and uh, it's really it's it's nice having that voice in your ear to to start things off. I you know I I had headphones in on my my iPad mm. and when I was watching this and I'm like did did they link what what's going on here and then all of a sudden it came in I'm like okay that's really weird because yeah it starts off very low, um, you know we were, I was just gonna say that you know this this has this actually has a pretty large cast when you look at everybody, but there's only really five people that really do anything, really. Right. And it's it's a uh, it's you know Ralph Fiennes, Benedict, uh, Cumberbatch, <laughs> Dave Patel, Kingsley, uh, Richard, uh, Iodea. I'm not sure I know him. He he was uh, one of the marshals and the yogi. And then after that, it's all these people that are just like background people. Right. And and it's funny. It's almost like. It's almost like they gave the extras all their own IMDb page because you go to half of these and it's like that's the only thing that shows. Oh, up. really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you know, I, I I clicked. You know, you were saying there wasn't a lot of women in this, and so I went to like one of the first ones I saw. One of the first names, I think, is Linda. Or, or okay, good. Uh, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few of them, and literally she was in this and uh, Asteroid City. It's like it's like she got a you know. Uh, the casino guests uh, are a lot of them. Uh, right. Circus audience uh, are a lot of them. There's some hospital nurses. Um, Any, anyone uh, that says like arm of, you know, curtain arm or something, the one that closes yeah. the curtain. Uh, that might be makeup artist potentially or uh, right. They, yogi, they do. yogi disciple. <laughs> I wonder if the curtain arm was was actually uh, Wes Anderson. You know, it could have been. Seeing yeah. as how Would've... there were so many layers to this movie. That uh, you know he had to kind of add his own layer with his arm. You know, I closed. But the it curtain. just it, 
it goes really into that like oh yeah this is this is just a the small production we don't have a lot of people right. we got and so i thought it was great i got to um, i got to make a plug for my uh my senior movie i did in college uh, <laughs> i've talked about it before but but to me this this movie has certainly layers you have the the author that starts telling the tale and then and then it follows Henry Sugar, who finds a book and he tells another tale about, you know, so it's a story within a story within a story. And I think I've heard someone else claim that it was within another story, you know, four layers. I, di I didn't quite, I thought three layers was, was plenty. But, but the movie I did for college, The Philosopher Reading, uh, was kind of the same thing. You had, you had, it was a, it was a story about two brothers, but then it started with someone watching this, this movie. I mean, it was very, it was very film schooly, you know. <laughs> well, but, uh, no, that's that's but, what this made me think yeah, of. Yeah, but it was but it was someone watching a movie, and then you go into that movie and you see these two characters interact, and in that movie they play a game of chess, and I actually go into the chessboard at one point, and there's a little you know duel of the two chess pawns and stuff. So it's so that becomes my third layer where I've got a movie within a movie within a movie. So. Anyone wants to check it out? It's uh, it's on YouTube, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I used to make those those little little sh little shorts of my when I was making yeah, my drinks making and filming drink. those. Ever since I we got our, our new puppy, it's been a little bit more of a challenge, but hopefully, I'll get back to it. But anyway, those are linked in our in our um, uh, Podbean.com, our, our hwsi.podbean.com. If you if you find, uh, you know, go back a couple months, you'll find a link to to one of those videos that's my youtube channel and you'll find my movie there so there's my plug i, oh. I we I, we can put the we can put the links in this episode that's all right if someone's listening to this they can follow the rabbit hole to uh to, <laughs> to the movie <laughs> find the layers you know it's like you shrek and onions those, are, those all have layers perfect um so <laughs> um yeah you know uh this is this is a fun I, I'm not sure what else to say about this. I mean, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I you know the that's, story. That's all is, right. It's a short film. We're already 40 minutes in, so we've already done our due diligence. We, as we've far done as... we've we've <laughs> we've gone more than the movie, uh, which we typically usually do. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean it's it's. I'm trying to think what else. Like. There's 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 insight into this, and it's very interesting. This is something like you know you said the film school, and I thought about that too when I was watching this. I go, this really reminded me of what film school kids would make. And, you know, this is, the, you know, this yeah. would be like the, oh, the, oh my God, this is the best, you know, of the year. Um, of course it's, you know, Wes Anderson, he's, you know, that's kind of, you know, he's, he's put his work in. So of course he's going to make something great. Um, but it has that feel to it. And, and, you know, theater kids could really love this. Uh, um, little quick plug real quick. Uh, one of my nieces is, uh, big into acting and we just went and saw her in, in sound of music. And, uh, she, she does an incredible job and stuff like that. And one of the things is is as they're moving props around and stuff to the stage and how they, they have a simple, small space to use and how they have to make it work for everything else. It reminded me a lot of that when I was watching this. It's like how how they do that on a stage and how especially when you have these small stages or small, um, you know, at, uh Avenue, not Avenue, but you know places where they do this, like uh, in that that Sound of Music one. Um, my uh, my niece uh, Olivia, she she was in there, and they literally had one major prop that kind of had two steps up and a stage and some 
some background stuff, and they made it work for everything. Yeah, and it was it was not even brilliant. I mean, you're you're talking about a small production, but even huge, you know, Broadway productions, Les Misérables, when it came to the 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 whole set would transition and flip around and suddenly it would become the war mm-hmm. scene and stuff like that it's way you you yeah. use and and that's where you get set designers that can make these things and yeah. say okay you've got you've got 20 scenes and this this one piece of piece of well, know, that's set, what was brilliant this about this to me has to be like a switchblade of of of, yeah. of, of of sets and and be able yeah. to manipulate itself and yeah we saw that in this movie I, without, and that was one of the most interesting parts to me, really, is is watching them do that, especially when they kind of flipped back and forth between some stuff or they, they rolled something and all of a sudden, you know, uh, one of the characters is walking and he walks through something and they roll the stage and you see him roll it and all of a sudden he's in yeah. another – and he's yeah. like, oh, my God, that's just like they would do in a play. Or, yeah. I was like, oh, you that's so cool. You see the seams. You see the seams and yeah. they're all – yeah, the – it was it was really interesting. So uh, this is kind of yeah. This to me, this is probably going to become a uh, a film school must watch, or a you know uh, people that are into even theater essentially like hey, see how this is done and, and you know how how do you make how do you make yours look? You're like right. This? It is theater. Yeah, people who do theater should should watch this just to kind of see see how how it's it's it doesn't matter if you see the seams. It's like you're wanting to tell a story and you make the set a part of the story. You make the, the transitions. How a part do you of the blend story. the two? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's effective. I, I, I like seeing movies like this still being made. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem like we're getting much creativity out of Hollywood these days because, well, I mean, the writer's well, blockbusters. Is over. but, but, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there's for, for many, many years now, it's been horror movies and Marvel MCU movies. And, and, and it hasn't really gotten further from that. We're seeing a lot more come up on the streaming services and maybe yeah. that's an avenue for more creativity, but it doesn't seem like it's happening yet. I, well, I think, I think that's the thing you, you hit it on this, this, the head right there is the streaming. Um, so, uh, I've been, I, I finally got into black mirror finally started ah, really okay. sitting down and 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 it's kind of interesting because i did it a little weird i i watched like the f- season one like maybe one or two episodes and then i went to season six and i'm watching them backwards oh well okay gotta be careful though because some of them tie to do they yeah they do have i some, haven't seen any okay they do have some themes that that tie together not necessarily directly but but okay but you, you might get get into a little bit of a Oh, that connected to that, and I probably should have seen that first. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, I haven't read anything yet. I mean, I think I'm in season four now. They're, they're uh, all you, they're all their own story, but they use technology yeah. that that kind of evolves. Technology that isn't real, but it's it's kind of real to to this world that they sometimes, you know, they tell a story and then they expand on that technology and oh. show the evolution of it. And here's how it pertains okay. to this. So you may see some of that. Um, yeah, I, I, but um, but to me, what I was going to go into is like, uh, you know, you have these streaming services, and that's that's Netflix that's got Black Mirror, and it's, they seem like these are these very well done, well rounded out stories that are shorter. I mean, yeah. even though Black Mirror, they're not necessarily shorter. Some of those are fucking an hour and a half long, um, you know. Uh, but they 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 have their little avenue and it's not something that you're going to put on a big screen and you're not going to release into theaters, but you let these people do their thing and tell these stories and they're incredible and they're great. And now you have a good spot for them. And I think that's what streaming has done. And yeah, it's, it's hurt theaters a little bit because 
you know, some of these movies that may have like pushed the boundaries and just squeaked in there and everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah. I saw it, but you know, maybe it's, it's kind of like our, our, the direct to video, right? There's, there's always been that direct to video stories. Um, but now you don't have to go buy the $2 and 50 bin from, you know, the, the, right. the local store to watch some of these things. And I think it's, I think it's, it's opened up a lot for these people. You should check that out. Aren't your big directors? You know, speaking of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't know if you've seen Bandersnatch. That, that was the only connection to Cumberbatch. But Bandersnatch is is a is a uh, movie that's attached to the uh, this this world. This uh, what, what are you watching? What's it called? The, oh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. It's attached to Black Mirror. It's on Netflix called Bandersnatch. It's not tied into the seasons, but it came out a few years ago, and it's a choose-your-own-adventure. You can actually use your Netflix remote and make decisions what? as you go, and the movie plays out different ways. So check that out. It's called Bandersnatch, and that's not a that's not a Cumberbatch uh, <laughs> name. That's that's actually the name of the of, of the movie. Which, oh my God! If he was part of it, though, oh, <laughs> that would be even better. Oh my God! That'd be so good. Uh, Black Bear Bandersnatch. Okay, I gotta ch- I gotta check this out now. Yeah, yeah. So you can you know follow. It. Yeah. yeah, Remember the old choose your adventure books you, we used to watch. Oh, those were some of my favorites. Oh, me too. Some of my me favorites. Too. Yeah. Matter of fact, I would go back and try and remember which I picked so I could have different adventures. Like, yeah. Uh, like pick a different thing so yeah. I could go go do something different. Um. No, that's awesome. Uh, that's really really cool. Um, so now that we've started talking about stuff, other stuff we're watching, what else are you watching, Steve? Okay. Well, so, so this last week I, uh, I, I flew out to, to orange at the end of last week for my mom's 85th birthday. She turned 85 this weekend and, uh, she's, she's really into, um, Mysteries. She shared a lot of uh, Louise Penny books, Agatha Christie books, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of murder mysteries and stuff. So I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to to kind of for her 85th birthday celebrate murder mysteries by by you know doing a few things with that in mind. So one of the things I got her was I got her a a, a Netflix or I'm sorry a Hulu uh, gift card for um, for a few months so that she could sign up and watch only murders in the building. Cause I told you I've been watching. Oh that, yeah. And it's something that is perfect for her. I think you know, it's, <laughs> it's got a little bit of adult language and that's a little out of her comfort zone, but I warned her and she's really okay with that. I but, don't think it's that. I don't think it's that over the top. I no, think. but it's not, it's not Jessica Fletcher. It's a little bit, I mean, it doesn't, you get, you get some F words, you get a little side, boob, <laughs> side boob from uh, Selena Gomez and you know, a little bit more violence. And Love stuff. it. Love it. <laughs> But uh, but no, she was loving watching it. I, I rewatched the first uh, first five episodes with my mom over the weekend. So that, that <laughs> was cool. neat. So I, uh, I I got to I got to rewatch it and pick up on some of the details. And and I think I have a theory on who done it for the first season. But um, did oh, we? Oh, also- you haven't finished the first season yet? No. No, well, I rewatched the first five episodes. Now we got I got to watch it. <laughs> I got I got to check it out. But uh, but that's okay. I'll be able to. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good twist. I like it. Okay. Um, we went you, out. You want to drop your? You want to drop your uh, your suspicions right now and see if you're correct? My sus. Well, yeah. It's 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 the it's Steve Martin's girlfriend. I'm suspicious of her. She's Holly. 
No, I say Holly. The, the, that was her the bassoon. Yeah, yeah. Bassoon I, I, was, player. I, I have this feeling she might be tied to the girl that fell off the roof. She might be the mom or something like that. But oh, but, okay. But, uh, but anyway, I'm suspicious that I have a feeling that's going to all uh, fall apart and and something's going to come out with her. But anyway, I like how it's how it keeps kind of taking you down different avenues and then and then and then solving a different crime as it's, you know, as more things are going on. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and, and she loved, she kept commenting on how much she enjoyed Martin short, even though she's not been as big of a fan of his, you know, when it comes to, she said, he's usually so prissy or something like that, but she really enjoyed him. And oh my God. I think it's great. <laughs> Which is funny because it's, it's one of those, like he's the most Martin short he's ever Martin shorted. Uh, well, he's more, dr- he has his dramatic moments and I think it balances oh, who he is more, you know, his relationship with his son and his dog. And, <laughs> but anyway, it, I, <laughs> So to carry on the murder uh, theme, we went out and saw uh, Haunting in Venice, which is that Agatha Christie okay, yeah, yeah, murder yeah. mystery. It's it's a little bit, uh, I think it's based off a uh, Agatha Christie story called Halloween or something like that. But but that was fun. I don't think it was great. Uh, she really liked it. I thought it was it was fair. She'd seen uh, a, an earlier adaptation with another with uh, I think the British, the BBC, uh, Agatha Christie, uh, Hercule Poirot uh, actor. So she was she was uh, excited to see the differences, and she she commented. I hadn't read this, and but she commented that the story was very different. They kind of took the mystery in a different direction. Um, okay, but that's, but that's Kenneth Branagh who directed that and stars as as the as the detective El Cupuaro. Um, so that was yeah. that was fun. Had had a good cast, and Tina Fey was in that as well. She was also in uh, in uh, Only Murders Among Us. I'm sorry, Only a Murders oh. in the Building. Oh yeah, she's the she's the other podcast person. Yeah, and this is that's a, it, huh? That is such a such a good show, <laughs> the Only Murders. Yeah, oh, it's great. so good. So uh, we also we did this isn't a movie, but we I picked up a game called it's called it was it's a murder mystery. Uh, it's like a game, but what you get you order it and you get sent the case file for a murder. And you open oh, it up. Oh, I've heard and, about those, yeah. And this one's called uh, Underground Cellars, which is funny because, you know, my brother is in, wine, in the wine business. And this was about a, um, this was a, a, a case file about uh, a winemaker that had gone missing and then ended up dead. Un, you know, some earthquake uncovered him. He was from Napa. His younger brother was a tech. <laughs> so, so I thought this was funny with my brother being in the wine business, I being a tech, and and here's a murder right. mystery surrounding it. Oh, anyway, geez. you get the case file, and you're basically reading reports. You got little photos. You got newspaper clippings, and you have to, you have everything there to solve to solve the murder mystery. So so we got to dig into that, and that was so much fun. We we still I, I I have a theory, but I think I uh, I left the game with my mom and. I think I need to pick up my own copy because I'm I was on to something and uh, and I, and you, you basically can submit it online. You submit your guess. And then I think it was out. our friend Alicia. I think she had one of those. ones. OK, time. I remember someone we know had that and well, it was a big deal because it's I, like you it's like fifty dollars. You get the game and it gives you all the stuff you need. But then it, and then it gives you some online stuff that you can go and get yeah. like extra stuff you can and get a little extra stuff online i had i remember a few years back uh pre-pandemic i believe 
or maybe during the pandemic, but I, I got a subscription to this sort of a service where they sent you something once a month and it was just this, it was a case file. The problem with this was it was a re every month they sent you more and, and you didn't know how much they'd send you on the same case file. So it was just kind of like, this is, this is a little bit too much. I don't have the time <laughs> to invest in this. I, I, I want everything, you know? So yeah. I, I canceled that. I never really found out who did that. And, 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 but this, this is kind of an all and everything's, everything's there. I've heard there's a, that. there's a couple of those where, yeah, you just buy one and you get to finish it off. And then, yeah. you know, um, it, I don't know if it's something you can pass on to another group to do it, but that would be really cool. Yeah. I would, I'd be totally down. We need to make a weekend and just <laughs> yeah. do it one time. Yeah. It'd be so a lot of fun. It took, I mean, we went through it throughout the day and well, I was there for the weekend and through Monday. So, so, uh, we had a little time to spend on, but we still didn't have enough time to really come up with our, our guests. Yeah. You didn't catch the killer yet. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so so that wasn't something I watched, but it was kind of tied to that whole murder theme. Basically. No, that's that's yeah. that's awesome. That's that's yeah. a whole that's you bundled all that up. You almost, yeah. Now you just need to make a cocktail for it. That's all. <laughs> that's all. It's, right. You know, left. No, that's really cool. Um, you know, you hit on what I'm kind of been watching too. Uh, we we kind of uh, pushed through season two. We we finished up season two of uh, Only Murderers, and it uh, the season one was so good. That you know, I was like, okay, there's there's probably gonna be a little letdown, and you know, you know how sometimes it just it and it lives up to this. The second season is as good as the first. Um, it just it it throws you loops all the way around. It's it's really it was actually harder to figure out the killer in second season than it was in the first. Okay. Um, so I I was like, oh, this is good. Um, characters are just as good, and I and I'm so excited for season three. Um. Because uh, Paul Rudd shows up at the end of season two as like a trailer for season three, and I was like, nice. "Oh baby!" Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. And season three, I think the last episode releases next next week. They're, really good. I, I won't get, I won't get to it before. Yeah, they just dropped episode nine. Uh, I think yesterday. So, Perfect. Yeah. Well, I got a bunch of other stuff I'm watching too. I you know I talked about Black Mirror. I'm kind of watching that. Uh, so my wife had uh, shoulder shoulder. I can't say fucking can't say it for some reason. Shoulder Take surgery. a drink and she try it a, again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, she, she got her uh, her shoulder replaced, so uh, she's uh, kind of been sitting in the chair uh, doing her thing. So I've been sitting at home, kind of just waiting for waiting on her, waiting for anything she needs, and I've been able to catch up on Black Mirror because she's sitting in one room, I'm in the other, which is probably kind of rude to me, I, you know. But uh, you know, sit and watch <laughs> stuff with her. But uh, I've been able to catch up on uh, Black Mirror and, and then The Warriors, uh, which is on uh, Max, which is a lot, a lot of fun. It's that um, San Francisco in the, the early oh, or right. late 1800s. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You were talking about it last week, right? So much fun. Yeah, there's just some fight scenes that are fucking crazy, like ridiculous good. Um, that one, That one's another fun one, especially if you like good martial art type fight scenes. Not like... Not like um, old school, you know, Asian martial arts where, you know, it's the karate fight. It's it's kind of like east meets west, kind of like it's it's a little more down and dirty. People aren't flying across the sky, you know, like tr Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or anything like that. It's it's like legit. Uh, so a lot of fun there. It's Irish and the, the tongs in, in that early San Francisco. Um, Ahsoka, been keeping up with Ahsoka, which if if you're a Star Wars fan, especially if you've if you've uh, watched some of the the animated stuff, uh, Ahsoka has been actually a pretty decent watch. Um, you know, I know we got let down with uh, with Obi Wan. Um, 
I didn't actually ever get through uh, Andor. Um, I know some people did, but Ahsoka's been kind of fun. Good. So I, I've been keeping up with that. That was one of my favorite episodes of season two of, uh, of not Book of Boba. Oh, Mandalorian when she showed up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was a great episode. So I'm glad she it's, got her. It's It's kind of – it's. It's similar. It's not as good as Mandalorian. It's not as good as is the first two seasons of Mandalorian, but it, it has some, it has some fun stuff. It has some weird stuff too. Um, and then uh, Wheel of Time, which is a a book series that I read that they did some videos, and it's funny because I I can't stand the the show. Uh-huh. I really can't stand it because I I read the books and they're not sticking to the books and it's just driving me nuts. But my wife, who hasn't watched uh, or read the books, is watching it and she really likes it. So yeah. it's kind of like one of those things is like I'm watching it for her with her and and just cringing inside every time. I'm like, oh my God, that's not how that went. You know, fucked it all up. And so um, if you haven't read the books, it could be a really fun fantasy series. Um, they're doing a pretty good job with what they're doing as far yeah. as like the, the, the filming and it's a fun show for what it is, but it's also like, God, if you know the story behind what it should have been, you're like, Ooh. it's tough. I mean, it's, it's just like Roald Dahl watching Willy Wonka and the, uh, Oh, you're right. Right. Actually, yeah. I think it was called, yeah, it was called Willy Wonka and the Charlie chocolate factory rather than Charlie and the chocolate factory. And that was his yeah. big criticism. He was, he hated the movie, even though he had a, he was, he was the one who originally wrote the, the screenplay, although I think it was redone, but he couldn't stand how much focus was given to, Willy Wonka as opposed Wonka. to Charlie. Yeah. And so he was upset. We've talked that about that movie would have sucked if they just I, followed well, that kid around. We've talked about Stephen King being upset <laughs> with the shining, the, the, uh, the Stanley Kubrick right. version. So yeah, you're right. If you're intimately attached to the, the source material and they change it a little bit, it can be tough. So, so maybe, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's good that you're seeing that, it through well, Alyssa's eyes though too. Yeah, and and I'm watching it with her, and 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 I'm trying to enjoy it. I'm trying to find <laughs> little nuggets I can enjoy. Um, but you know, it it it's always that is the book better than the the movie? Is the movie better than the book? And and typically the books are always better than the movie. Um, you know, the one exception might be Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, but they they stay pretty tight to that. You know, they they cut out all the boring shit. You know, the fucking elf singing. Well, um, and, and and then there's some people that are so into the the lore and the and the and the detail of of the books and just you know because it was basically just an encyclopedia of the of the world um and and they probably were upset that it was turned into more of a narrative story (laughs) you know yeah i mean it is the audiences that's that's how we're able to digest uh stories Um, and then the one I, I'm getting, there's, there's two things that are on my docket that I can't wait to start watching. And, uh, one is sex education, uh, season four. I'm so looking forward to that. If you have not watched sex education, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Get on your TV right now and watch that shit. It's on it Netflix, is yeah. so, so fucking funny. So fucking good. Uh, season four is out. And then this is one that I'm surprised you haven't talked about yet, but the Continental has dropped. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't first have Peacock. Episode. I'll have to, I'll have to get Peacock. Um, you can come on over and we'll, we'll watch it together. I haven't watched Peacock it Peacock together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, or maybe sometimes they drop like the first episode online if just to, in mm. order to, to kind of entice people over. And I'm sure I might have, you know, I, I think I might have some free, 
ad-based subscription to that because I have enough services. You might. Sometimes. You might. You, sometimes you, you got enough emails that you can probably get a free week or two yeah. on a different email. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, I think I'd rather see sex education. I'd rather watch. Uh, uh, I, I, my, I, my backlog is way. Right, right, too right. I'm with backlogged. you. Backlogged. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Yeah. There's also one other one that I'm, and I, I'm not even sure when it drops, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's this month sometimes, which is closely over is uh gen V, which is a spinoff from the boys on oh. Amazon. <laughs> and it's like a, it's like a high school for the superheroes. And you know how the boys was that, that shit is just ridiculous. So, you know, you know, uh, gen V is going to be off the fucking, it's like high school with the superpowers and just, it's it's gonna be ridiculous. It actually drops this Friday, okay, uh, September 29th. So okay, well that's um, I mean that's the last of September. Well, I think we go to the thirtieth. But but uh, with that in mind, next next month, next week, is, next month yeah, for sure. It starts our October October cast, which uh, yep. traditionally. Uh, like like a lot of other it, podcasts, though, you know, it goes towards, <laughs> goes towards the horror uh, side of things in in honor of Halloween. So, what do we got in store for that? Exactly. <laughs> so next week we're gonna we're gonna have our uh, uh, Bo and Nina, who are part of our main crew that are always on a lot of our episodes. We're gonna go over what our just favorite, you know. Uh, horror genre movies are what what are the ones that stand out we haven't we haven't nailed down exactly the questions yet but we're going to talk about the ones that meant something to us so it's kind of like a a review of what we think the best the baddest the nastiest the scariest whatever it might be we're, we're going to talk about those kind of like what we did with our christmas episode yeah not too long ago which I, it, was so much fun and keep in mind that horror genre there's so many different well, so types much, of horror yeah. so i mean right like i said like i watched haunting in venice that's a that's a murder mystery agatha christie but yeah it was kind of kind of tied to the horror <laughs> genre we're what we're planning on watching midsommar that's that's more of a cult movie but it comes yeah. it's still kind of there's something scary about it so uh well but that's and that's and that's what's coming up the weeks after uh that is we're going to get with our friend alicia who we always do in our, our, our month of october for our, our uh let's scare the shit out of noah month <laughs> um and uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do Midsommar. I think we're gonna go to the theater and we're gonna see either uh, the the um, Exorcist, believe or what's, what was talk the one with me. the hand? Talk, talk to me. Yeah, we'll see one of those in the theaters and then we'll we'll do those. Uh, we also are gonna cover um, the Netflix series from Net, uh, Mike Flanagan. Right, he's got another one dropping. We'll so we'll we'll cover that. Follow and the then House we got of a, Usher. That's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, Fall of House of Usher. And then we'll also have another one towards the end of the month where it uh, – I don't know exactly which one we're going to cover. We're going to do another uh, kind of a live uh, watch and then podcast after with uh, Alicia and one of her friends that wanted to do a movie night. So, And I believe we'll probably do it at her house out in the outdoors, which is – kind of creepy just to begin with you know it's right. kind of like uh out uh, we might even do one out in the uh the, with a camper if we can get make it work too so. yeah and and that should be a that fun one, month and we, and we have our bicentennial episode that's dropping yes. in the midst of all this so stay yeah. tuned on which one that's going to be but we'll try to make i think we're going to do midsummer for that one because yeah. we've been talking about that one for a while and and so that one's that one's going to be that first our second week of october was going to be our 200th episode nice which is ridiculous when, can't when, believe it. when we celebrated uh, the uh, bicentennial of the united states i think 17 no it was 1976 i remember in elementary school releasing a whole bunch of balloons with kind of 
messages oh. written on the balloons and then you release them they went flying and then the hope was that someone would send it back to you and i never got my message back so i'm still waiting hey you know <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny i i uh when i was in the military one of the first uh units i was at we got a huge bag of um you know letters for christmas to the troops which even though we were in the states they they sent them to us and you know there was there was like about eight or nine single guys there and uh, they sent us a huge bag, way more than we should have ever got. They should have sent this to like guys overseas or something like that. But I felt so bad because I was reading some of these cards, and I was like, oh, my God, these kids think they're sending these. These guys are in war and stuff like that. So I, I sent back a couple letters, and it's like one of those things is that you always hope that, you know, if you ever send that stuff out that, you know, someone someone responds to you like, hey, thank you. You made my day, <laughs> which is basically where they wrote on about I, I think I sent like eight or nine of them out. I couldn't do any more than that. I was, I was still, you know, young, you know, poor and <laughs> didn't have a lot of time. So yeah. I was like, well, and writing so, thank but, you notes is, is not always the best. <laughs> but well, no, you know what it was is, is uh, it was to kids that sent out Christmas cards to soldiers, you know, away from yeah, home. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If they can do that, I can do this. And, Good. And, you Good know, for you. But there was a bag of like a hundred of them. Yeah, you had like, a limit. Can't do it all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else take over some of these. I just always said, but yeah, it's funny. The send in the, you know, it's that bottle, the the bottle uh, note. Have you ever yeah, sent one of those in out bottle, somewhere? Sure, here. Message in a bottle, hoping someone sends it back. Yeah, yeah interesting. <laughs> all right. Well, that's how we seize it for all this. And uh, join us again next month for how we'll see some spooky stuff. <laughs> Hail Caesars. What does that mean?